Can't get enough of your favorite Bravo shows? Then check out Hot Off The Mess, a pop culture podcast from The Dip hosted by me, Samantha Bush, a.k.a. Bravo Historian. New episodes of Hot Off The Mess come out twice a week. Tuesday's show is about general pop culture, the latest headlines, whatever else is going on in my life. Well, Friday's episode is more focused on all things in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. Each week, I'm joined by Bravo-obsessed fans and, of course, Bravo celebrities themselves, such as Dorinda Medley, Tamara Judge, Margaret Josephs, to kind of break down what happened during the week. And it might get weird, it might get snarky, but it's definitely going to get messy. So subscribe to Hot Off The Mess wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, queens. Are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the lurker mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS podcast queens live as well as submit stories for our Rose Disco Queen and Gnosis discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Rope. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. All right, today we're going to cover that subject that everyone's been covering. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I think everyone's bored of it at this point. By the time this episode gets released, it's going to be like two weeks after it happened. But the Will Smith slap. We're debating the Will Smith slap. I'm hoping there's still drama involved. Slap gate. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this is going to go down in Oscars history. And so I feel like it's sort of going to be a timeless classic. At least I hope so. Basically, I wanted to talk about this because I noticed that me and Savannah had very, very different opinions on this. So this is going to be the Will Smith Smackdown. So, bro, did you want to cover the history? Because to be honest, I've never listened to Chris Rock or Will Smith or Jay. Or, everything I know about Jada and Will Smith, I've learned against my will. So I don't really follow any of them. Yeah, Ro is the resident Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith historian here. So please. Yes, because I like them. I like them too. Yeah. So tell us the history, Ro. Okay. So Smiths and the Rocks have known each other for a very long time, right? They're two feuding families. <laughs> well, I don't know how long they've been feuding. That's what makes this whole thing weird. So Will Smith came onto the scene. <laughs> at least the 90s, right? Yeah. In the early 90s as a rapper, right? With such wholesome hits as parents just don't understand, etc. And eventually. <laughs> Actually, he was cast as the role of the Fresh Prince on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, became massively popular, then got uh, cast in some blockbuster movies like Independence Day, Men in Black, etc. Became a really, really bankable movie star, then uh, started doing a lot of Oscar bait roles in the latter I guess he's at the latter half of his career now. And somewhere around 2016, he was in a film that was released called Concussion, where he played a doctor who discovered the disease CTE, which is something that was affecting NFL players um, from getting their heads uh, hit a bunch of times. So apparently he was somewhat upset that he wasn't uh, nominated for an Oscar for that role because it was clearly an Oscar bait role. And he'd been, and he'd been doing a couple of Oscar bait roles at that point. And Jada made a statement about the fact that the Academy constantly overlooks African-American and other people of color when it comes to 
awarding, right? Both films, directing, actors. Is that Oscar So White? Yeah. And then they started the hashtag Oscar So White campaign and encouraged a bunch of people to boycott. And I think a few people actually did. And it actually did pick up traction enough to the point where the Academy the next year tried to atone for that and started to be more conscious of platforming filmmakers of color, right? So now 2016, Chris Rock also hosted the Oscars. And during the hosting of the Oscars, he makes a joke that's basically somewhere on the lines of Jada Pinkett boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited, right? Basically digging at her acting skills, right? So Chris Rock has been making comments about Jada for a long time. He had it coming. That's my stance anyway. It goes deeper than that event. So there's two things about that particular comment, which was one it was kind of like, quote, breaking code because a lot of Black Hollywood agreed, even if they didn't necessarily agree that Will Smith in particular deserved the award. There was sort of a contentious discussion about it because there were some people that agreed that, yes, like the Academy is historically very much overlooked African-American artists. But at the same time, Will Smith just wasn't that great in that movie. And a lot of them felt like it was an ego trip. So Chris Rock was sort of, you know, told the line, right? He was somewhere on the fence where he was kind of making fun of the Oscar So White campaign, which I think annoy a lot of Black Hollywood. But at the same time, he was right. The general sentiment at the time was like, this feels like an ego trip from the Smiths, right? So that's that thing. So the other problem is, I don't know if people know this, but... Tell us about the Tupac love triangle. Okay, so there's a Tupac love triangle is actually tangentially related to this. So it it happens to be that Jada Pinkett and Tupac were childhood friends. And they were friends for a very long time up until his death. And he was murdered on the strip in Las Vegas after Mike Tyson fight sometime in the mid-90s. Like very tragically, it was a huge thing in the hip-hop world. And he's kind of become deified in the hip-hop world because of his short but tragic life and impact on the hip-hop community. Pac was always like looked at as this alpha male type, right? He was very like hyper masculine, pop off whenever, whenever. And Will Smith is not, right? Will Smith was like... He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, exactly. And even then, he was constantly getting like slammed by other hip hop artists for being corny because he didn't say... He didn't use like the N-word and he didn't use like swear words in his raps. Yeah, he was quite unique for that. Like he never... Like he didn't ever swear in his rap. And they were still really good songs. He was a good boy. (laughs) And also... But... he also kind of showed that you don't like need to be dropping f-bombs and n-bombs to make a good rap song as well and i think maybe that unsettled people but he was like making bops and he was more of a party rapper right yeah he wasn't a hard like alpha male gangster but gangster rap had a chokehold on hip-hop at the time right so he was such a juxtaposition so i haven't read his book but excerpts i've seen him talk about he talks about that time in his life and just feeling like constantly like people were trying to emasculate him because of the fact that he wasn't a tupac type and then to rub, you know, to add insult to injury or to rub salt in the wound a little bit. He even admits that he really liked Jada Pinkett and pursued Jada Pinkett and that he felt intimidated by Tupac, right? Because Tupac and her were actually really, really good friends. Like they'd known each other since they were kids, right? Didn't he say in one of his interviews or in his autobiography that he was actually jealous of their relationship? I'm not surprised because like I remember Willow, she released a letter when she was about 15 that she wrote when she was nine. And in the letter, it was like, you know, Tupac, I wish you'd come back so you can 
make me and mummy happy. Bearing in mind Willow was born like years after Tupac died. Like she's clearly still talking about him. And Jada actually like when Tupac was arrested for sexual assault, she paid like a hundred thousand dollars to bail him out of jail. Okay, that makes me like her a little bit less. Did she really? I didn't hear about that. So that's news to me. Yeah, she paid to bail him out of jail. Wait, let me Google this. What the heck? That's news to me. Okay, because up until now I was standing Jada Pinkett Smith as a queen of I did read it somewhere. I might be wrong. If it's wrong, I'll cut it out. But I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that she paid to bail him out of jail when he was arrested for sexual assault in the 90s. Or rape, like sexual assault or rape. Yeah. $100,000. Bearing in mind, back in the 90s, that was big, big change. Like, massive change. I'd be surprised if she actually had that much amount of money. So that's why I'm sort of a bit skeptical. I don't know about her family. Were they well off? Oh, no. I know nothing about Jada Pinkett Smith at all. I know nothing about her. Her mom, well, based on the red table talk, like her mom was actually an addict and... Oh, okay. But I mean, she was a working actress. Like she was pretty, she'd been in cast in a decent amount of films, but again, maybe it's true. I'm surprised only because that's a lot of money and I don't know that she was ever that popular of an actress that she would have been able to afford that. I'm going to find a source. Yeah, let's find a source for that before we <laughs> yeah, like say that because that's a pretty big statement. I don't want to get flamed, but if it's not true, hold on. Apparently, he served nine months in prison for first-degree sexual abuse in 1995, but that's according to fucking Reddit, so I don't know if that's true. No, it's true. He went to jail because apparently there was a girl that he picked up, I think, from a club or something like that, and apparently a bunch of his bodyguards, either he had sex with her and then a bunch of his bodyguards gang raped her. Do you want to say that again? Sorry. She says a bunch of his bodyguards gang raped her. Damn. So then he went to jail. It's true. I've got a source. It was in the newspaper at the time. So let me drop the source just so that we can add it to the show notes. Because I didn't like know that. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I found it. It says, 1995 Pinkett contributed $100,000 towards Shakur's bail as he awaited an appeal on a sexual abuse conviction. And speaking about Pinkett, Shakur said, Jada is my heart. She will be my friend for my whole life. And Pinkett said he was one of my best friends. He was like a brother. It was beyond friendship for us. Type of relationship we had, you only get once in a lifetime. Saying that in the context of a guy being accused of sexual assault, I'm like, girl... They were extremely, extremely close. I'm not sure if it was ever romantic, but it seems like the relationship that she had with Tupac is a lot, I guess, stronger and closer than the one she has with Will. Yeah. Because she's like writing poems, like Willow's talking about Tupac. Tupac was writing poems about her. She was like his muse and stuff. I'm like, damn, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was a deep, 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 deep relationship, even if it that doesn't mean it was romantic. But yeah, it was like definitely a deep thing for both of them, I guess. Mm. Here's an excerpt from Will Smith's memoir. So Will Smith admits to being tortured by their connection. So Will Smith opened up about the early stages of his relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith in his new memoir, Will, and how Tupac Shakur left him feeling very insecure, explaining that Jada and the late rapper were high school friends who both fought their way from under the weight of abuse and neglect to become the household names they are today. Smith revealed how their close bond left him feeling a certain kind of way when they started dating. Though they were never intimate, their love for each other is legendary. They define ride or die, he wrote. In the beginning of our relationship, my mind was tortured by their connection. He was Pac and I was me. Setting up the scene of Will Smith feeling like he wasn't, because he wasn't this hyper-masculine gangster rapper type guy that he felt inadequate during this time. So uh, Smith said Shakur had a fearless passion that was intoxicating, a militant morality, and a willingness to fight and die for what he believed is right. 
right and reignited a feeling of inadequacy he first felt when he saw his younger brother Harry stand up to their abusive father. Pac was like Harry. He triggered the perception of myself as a coward, wrote Smith. I hated that I wasn't what he was in the world and I suffered a raging jealousy. I wanted Jada to look at me like that. As Will and Jada's relationship continued to progress, she became less available to spend with her longtime friend, something Smith said felt like a twisted kind of victory for him. If she chose me over Tupac, there is no way I could be a coward, he added. I have rarely felt more validated. I was in a room with Tupac on multiple occasions, but I never spoke to him. The way Jada loved Pac rendered me incapable of being friends with him. I was too immature. Jada and Tupac met at the Baltimore School of Arts when they were both students. She said in the past they did share a disgusting kiss and decided to keep their relationship platonic speaking with Howard Stern in 2017 Jada said she and Pac got into a hardcore fight before his death as she feared for his life was going in a destructive direction the two weren't speaking when he was killed in September 1996 Will and Jada married the following year damn that's a really tragic backstory but I mean like he was kind of getting more and more unhinged because he had been like he had been first of all he'd been to jail and he'd been shot at before when he wasn't killed i think in the first attempt on his life so he was just getting probably increasingly paranoid and increasingly aggressive and stuff like that and it's kind of sad because you can see how will smith feels inadequate but it's also like yeah but a lot of those gangster rappers are dead now and you're alive (laughs) and you're on the top of your career so yeah the results speak for themselves (laughs) but do you see the seeds planted of his feeling inadequate and then him feeling like he has to defend his wife right or like you know be the guy like putting his ego be the guy who like uses physical force to defend the women he cares about i guess yeah but also just like protecting his ego from like all the other guys who think they can try him or his family yeah okay now back to the rocks by the way so just from doing more digging tony rock which is Chris Rock's little brother actually was on a show produced by Will Smith's production company called All of Us. And Chris Rock did a cameo on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett were in the Madagascar movies together. So there's a bunch of videos of them out doing press tours for Madagascar. So it's an animated film, I think from DreamWorks. I fucking love that movie. Honestly, one of my favorite movies when I was a child. <laughs> The which character was Jada Pinkett Smith? Jada Pinkett was uh, Gloria the Hippo, I think. Oh right, yeah. Honestly, love that movie. So, anyways, I just wanted to share my love of that movie. <laughs> so the Smiths. The Smiths and The Rocks have known each other for quite some time, dating back to the 90s. And even in particular, Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett have worked directly together. So this is not like a casual acquaintance. They've known each other for now decades, right? So this is not like... This is beef going back a long time, yeah. Yeah, this is beef going back a long time. And the tea that was spilled that I'm seeing both on Twitter and... Oh, and the other thing too is Chris Rock used to have a show called The Chris Rock Show on HBO of which Jada Pinkett was a guest. So there's videos of like him interviewing Jada Pinkett Smith. And again, this is in the 90s. So the Smiths and the Rocks have crossed paths very many times. Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett Smith know each other beyond just like the cursory. And didn't Chris Rock used to be in love with Jada Pinkett Smith as well? That's the tea. That's the tea that I started to spill that was on twitter right so the tea is that you know jada pinkett was hot shit back in the 90s right she's still hot but anyways yeah yeah she's still hot but like she was like she was in a bunch of like really iconic like black 90s movies like set it off and jason's lyric she was in the nutty professor with eddie murphy so she was like a really sought after black actress and kind of like you know she was like the beyonce of the film industry at that point right Mm -hmm. like (laughs) it's not really clear like why and when her career sort of dropped off i think maybe when she started having 
like children perhaps i don't know like since yeah jaden and willow were born she's not really been in huge films since then so i'm not sure if that was the reason behind it she was in magic mike xsl in xxl in 2015 oh okay bad moms 2016 girls trip 2017 so she was in the madagascar films 2005 to 2012 it looks like she did take a bit of a break in the mid 2000s probably yeah because she was raising kids and stuff but and she had a band for a while too so she had like a metal band she had a metal band oh my god she's so cool she did yeah oh my god she's so cool okay sorry. (laughs) (laughs) and she was kind of based there's two reasons that I've heard on Twitter, the tea I've seen spilt on Twitter about why her career might have cooled off. One of them was because she started becoming like very pro-black women's empowerment. So in the mid nineties, there was something called the million man March that was organized by, I think, Louis Farrakhan, very, very controversial uh, nation of Islam leader. Basically the push was to put African-American issues on the forefront of the political agenda. So a lot of black leaders at that point felt that Washington was just holy. It was like Black Lives Matter, but of the 90s. Yes, exactly. So there was something that was organized slightly after that called the, I think, Million Woman. Yeah, Million Woman March. And it was, and Jada Pinkett was like a prominent speaker there. Some of the tea on Twitter was that she kind of broke code because she was like putting black women's issues against black, ahead of black men. And then back in the 90s, especially. Okay, based, first of all. Yeah, but back in the 90s, like that was a no-go. <laughs> okay. That was like pretty much the entire black community would disown you if you like talked about black women's issues over black men because they were considered, I guess, the bigger victim. Chris Rock on the Chris Rock show, there's a video of him basically like teasing her about it wow fuck this i didn't like him before but i hate him even more now the other rumor is is that you know to reiterate what lilla said was that in the 90s chris rock was one of jada pinkett's many many suitors because remember she was in like an eddie murphy movie eddie murphy's been a huge huge comedian for a very long time so that just puts you on like the top visibility for any type of uh, comedian really so some of the bad blood between them is because of thwarted romantic interest yeah men act fucking stupid and bitter and will like make constant little needling remarks when you reject them so again another point against chris rock in my mind but anyways there's some discussion from other actors at the time and i think tommy davidson was another prominent comedian in the 90s and he did a movie with jada pinkett smith and he just did an interview where he said that allegedly in the script they had written in like a kiss or some kind of intimacy in the script unbeknownst to jada pinkett smith and that the producer said jada pinkett was fine with it but something happened he didn't really elaborate and will smith got upset and actually confronted him and they almost fought like in his trailer so apparently like will smith popping off because people got fresh with his wife has been a thing that's been going back a while (laughs) (laughs) is he trying to be tupac mock too because tupac would do that shit like (laughs) he would absolutely do that shit probably with a gun as well (laughs) it could be you know, he's like, he's not a gangster, right? And him and his brother aren't gangsters. They're very, like, solidly working class black people, but they didn't grow up in, like, the like the abject, like, hood poverty uh, where, um, not that he didn't know gangsters, but he just wasn't that dude, right? Like, he was, and people used to think he was corny. So, um, yeah, he probably felt like, even then, 
I got to defend my lady against all these yeah. like hood dudes, right? Like, <laughs> so. Because even if you look at like, because I was thinking back to the Tupac and Biggie feud, and even looking back at Tupac's like, like lyrics, there was one song he did, I can't, the name escapes me, well, it was basically a diss track against Biggie, and it's honestly the meanest song. Yeah, hit him up. Yeah, that's it's the meanest song about somebody I think of. Grab your Glocks when you see Tupac. Yeah, call the cops when you see Tupac. Come on, it's the classic. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> And he literally opens a song with, you know, that's why I fucked your bitch. Yeah. You fat motherfucker. Get money. <laughs> and I remember listening to it and thinking like, this is legit, like the meanest diss track. Even Eminem couldn't, couldn't write a meaner diss track than that. Like, this is the meanest song I've heard about anyone. <laughs> it's a great song though. Like the beat is popping, but I was just sitting there thinking, wow, this guy was savage. This guy was absolutely savage. If Biggie wasn't Biggie. See, but I respect that. <laughs> I mean, if like Biggie wasn't like who he was, like, I'm sure that diss track would have just ended his career. But obviously Biggie could, like he was also like, you know, like a master on the mic as well. Well, somebody put a hit on him and he thought it was, he thought it was Bad Boy Records. So he got shot. So that's part of the uh, energy behind that track because he was literally recovering from attempted murder. Yeah, it's the meanest song I've heard though, from like anyone about someone else. Wait, so the hit was, or the attempted hit was before recording that track? I think so. He was shot at a few times and then the last time killed him. So it's completely understandable to me if someone has attempted to murder you multiple times. I think that's like the healthiest way to deal with attempted murder is through art. Honestly, great coping skills. So Bad Boy Records said that it wasn't them. So that was the thing. So then it created this feud between the two. And <laughs> Right, right, right. Okay. And to be fair, I, I partly think that the Biggie Tupac feud, because it was East Coast, West Coast, wasn't it? That was partly played up as well in the media for like, you know, ratings and shit. But, you know, so I'm not really sure how much of it was like genuine bad blood between them. Because I think at one point they were friends, Tupac and Biggie, but I don't know what happened there. But yeah, it sort of went back and forth for a while as well. So yeah, Hit Him Up is one of the great all-time diss records. <laughs> but that's the energy that a lot of the 90s rappers had, right? Which culminated in both Tupac and Biggie being shot and killed. So, and a bunch of other countless rappers that were of lesser names. That's still sad, but... Yeah, it's sad. So, I mean, but that's the thing. So then you have all this going on and then you have like corny-ass Will Smith, right? Like... <laughs> Will Smith popping along. Yeah. <laughs> Doing Genji with it. <laughs> exactly. I love that song, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad song. I mean, but it's just like he was not, you know, he just wasn't really considered like part of their ilk. Um, he, did, he had a lot of bops and he's been popular in the black community, but he just wasn't like, he wasn't that dude. And at a time when gangster rap had a chokehold on like masculinity and what it meant to be black and masculine, he wasn't it. Yeah, I get that. I hear that. That's true. So is that enough background? I think that was all of the things I know. Now that you've gone into the whole background with Will Smith and Chris Rock, do you want to talk about the whole relationship dynamic between Jada Pinkett Smith and the fact that they have an open marriage? I feel like that also plays into this a bit. So Jada Pinkett created this web show called The Red Table Talk. And on The Red Table Talk, they dissect difficult relationship issues, both with celebrities and also uh, Jada Pinkett often has her mother, who they call Gammy, and their two kids, Jaden and Willow. And also, I think Trey, which is Will Smith's son from his first marriage. So, Will Smith actually, that's another thing. Will Smith has a son named Trey, which is, uh, I think, Willard Smith the third. They just call him Trey for that, who he had with his first wife, who he divorced and then eventually got married to Jada. So, at some point, it didn't come out voluntarily. 
There was an R&B singer who was fairly popular called August Alsina. And August Alsina was a pretty much a BET staple for a while. It was a semi-popular R&B singer who went on some show and then talked about the fact that he had had an affair with Jada Pinkett. Now, it was always rumored, but it wasn't really confirmed until he did that interview. And then the Smiths were sort of back into a corner to finally answer questions about their marriage because of the fact that August Alsina actually publicly came out and said that he had he had an affair with uh, which Jada Pinkett called an entanglement. <laughs> right. So that's where like, the whole entanglement vocabulary came from, because Jada Pinkett essentially had sex with him. Now, the ethics around that are really, really fuzzy because the reason she knows August is because he was Jaden's friend, her oldest son's friend. Oh, okay. That's weird. Yeah. I think he's a few years older than Jaden, but like obviously much younger than her. Okay. That's weird. He was of legal age and everything, but it still is like one really weird to be having sex with your son's friend. And then also she's much older. I mean, at first I was like, okay, I had a tweet that was about this. Like, I think actually, even though I'm normally against polyamory, or, you know, open marriages and stuff, like, on principle, I will say that women in Hollywood get cheated on all the time, and the women who are cheated on are just supposed to either, like, put up with it, or it's seen as, like, normal for men to cheat on their wives in Hollywood. I want to point out sort of the double standard here that, you know, she has an affair, and it's like, oh, Will Smith is a cuck, oh, he's emasculated, blah, 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 she's a whore, like, they they get so much hate for that, and honestly, I think, low-key, she's kind of a queen for open, (laughs) for negotiating an open marriage for herself, because, you know, rich and powerful men have been cheating on their wives since time immemorial. And like, you know, women used to get fucking executed for that, right? Like Anne Boleyn or was it Catherine Howard, I think. There was like, if you're even suspected of cheating on your, you know, rich and powerful husband. The fact that we live in a time women can cuck their husband and not be brutally punished for it, I think that's a win for feminism. And so I support women's (laughs) rights, but also women's wrongs. So part of the frustration that I feel about the entire discussion is because she talked about the fact that they were actually separated, right? And Will Smith says that he said that I'm done making you happy. And essentially they were planning on separating and getting divorced. See, that makes me have even less of a problem with it. They were separated. Exactly. And and quite frankly, Will Smith, you can see so many red carpet pictures of him really inappropriately flirting with his female co-stars, especially with like Eva Mendez and Charlize Theron. And it comes across... Didn't he like admit to cheating on her in the past though? Oh, for sure. Like they said they didn't cheat. They said that they were separated when they were doing other people. This is why these open relationships are just more often than not a complete dumpster fire. Like absolute dumpster fire. I refuse to believe that people who are genuinely happy in a marriage are going to be outside like seeking other people. Yeah. So the consolation was that, okay, they were split up at the time. Now, anybody who Will Smith is messed with has not really come forward. The only reason this entire thing blew up is because August Alsina went on a show and talked about it. Really? And even said Will Smith was fine with it. Kind of a dick move. Don't kiss and tell, bro. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, like, August was kind of, this is where he gets, again, side at Jada, because, like, August, I think, was either, he'd been homeless, like, for a lot of his life, and then, like, also was recovering from drugs or something like that. So Jada kind of said that, like, she was mentoring him, and then things kind of got, like, sexual somewhere in between there and i'm like yeah that's really Mm. really questionable ethics there so that's why partially why people are giving jada the side eye one it being her son's friend the age gap and then the circumstances in which he was when they started hooking up so she picked a guy who was a little bit like emotionally it's quite vulnerable yeah quite vulnerable and i think part of the reason he talked about it is because he felt like he was discarded by her Mm. that basically the smiths went on with their marriage and then like his career didn't go anywhere his career started to flop and so he was like 
man, I all this happened. And especially after the entanglement came out, even more so his career kind of went down in the tank because I don't know if they blackballed him or anything, but he just sort of his moment was over in the music industry. Yeah, it's weird because everyone says like, you know, Will's a Smith's a cock for putting up with this, etc. But it's not like first of all that like it was only Jada that had somebody so when people are antagonizing Jada just for having an affair then it feels definitely men cheat on their wives all the fucking time it feels really sexist right yeah I think the circumstances of that affair are messy and I feel like you can judge her for that but that's not even what they're judging her for they're just like trying to dig at will because of like her having sex with someone outside of their marriage at all yeah supposedly agreed to yeah he supposedly agreed to because he said he was done with the marriage they were essentially separated at the time so you know even Oh, there's a video where he's talking about his book and Oprah directly asked him like well did you guys cheat or did you have affairs he's like no like we were separated it's not like clear to me that they had an open marriage so much as that like they were trying to get divorced or at least like live separately and started dating other people before they were divorced and then at some point reconciled I want to say first of all my initial knee-jerk reaction to the slap was to put myself in Jada Pinkett's shoes and think if my man defended my honor like that by slapping another man i'd be so fucking wet i'd be like that is so hot i but again that's just me i'm like i am a proponent of polycule fight club (laughs) (laughs) polycule fight club (laughs) have we talked about polycule fight club before okay so this idea was first brought about by one of the og mods of the fds subreddit no, I think we did talk about this before. I know, but I want to do a recap for maybe those who didn't listen to the episode. Polycule Fight Club. So what happened is all of the poly people were like hating on FDS for the fact that we're not pro-polyamorous relationships. And so, <laughs> so we decided <laughs> FDS mods were like, let's like troll them a little bit and <laughs> had this post like, okay, I support polyamory under the following conditions. No, what was it? It was like, it was also that like, there's no porn out there that appeals to female fantasies. So OGJ was like sort of trolling the poly and the porn people being like there's no porn of like female fantasies you know what my fantasy is is i want to have a harem of men who fight each other every night and then i fuck the winner and i remember seeing that as like i don't think i was quite a mod yet at that time i was like i was like a <laughs> fds disciple i remember seeing that and thinking like queen like that is i i fully agree <laughs> 1000 percent. that's my fantasy too <laughs> if it sounds pretty sexy it sounds sexy, right? Like, I honestly, unironically love MMA just because I think it's hot as fuck when men fight each other. I just think it's hot when men beat the shit out of her. And it's not, I think it's hot when men beat the shit out of each other. And that's not even that weird because lots of animals in nature do this, right? Basically all ruminants, for example, the male deer, you know, fight each other. And then the female deer, like the does, they fuck the winner. Goats are like this. Sheep are like this. Rams are like this. So that's not even unprecedented. And I'm not a psychopath for thinking it's hot when men fight each other. Okay. I mean, I watched WWE for like 15 years, so I can't really disagree. <laughs> I think it's hot when men fight each other. So yeah, I was like, as soon as I saw the Will Smith slap, I was like, man, if that was my man, I would be super into that. I'd fuck him so hard after that because I think that's what men are for is for fighting other men on behalf of the queen. Like I think that I unironically see women in relationships as a queen and her man is like her soldier and she commands him to do things and then go he goes out and does her bidding. I think that is like the ideal relationship dynamic. So I was like nice good for her and then all these other people started chiming in being like oh violence at the oscars is unacceptable and i'm just like 
you know what? I need to come up with a whole moral justification to justify why, <laughs> to justify my initial reaction of supporting the Will Smith slap. And here we are today. He should have just did it backstage. Yeah. I think it was just the shock of it being during the live broadcast. He should have just like met him backstage. Yeah. Do it without any cameras. Okay. No witnesses. Right. I mean, for me, I came at it from a totally different angle. So I actually found out about the slap from a group of police officers. They were saying, oh my gosh, have you seen this? Because I was just hanging out with them for the day, as you do. And they actually said that if that happened in the UK, like Will Smith would have been arrested. So when people were saying, I guess, you know, non-celebrities were saying, yeah, that's so great. It's just like, well, he would have actually been given a criminal record for that because in the UK, at least, I don't know how it is in the US, but they can and they have successfully prosecuted people without the victim's consent or cooperation if they have, you know, like evidence. So if it's on video that you've assaulted somebody, yeah, they would have arrested him. And I was just thinking, like, I don't want to date a felon. Like, I'm not going to date. And if you want to find out why, uh, just watch our 10 reasons to not date a prisoner. But I don't want to date a felon over something that didn't need to happen. Like, if you want to be pissed off at him, that's fine. But I will be sitting there thinking, you didn't, like, you know, why have you created all this trouble for yourself and for me being potentially shipped off to prison because of a slap that didn't need to happen? I'm all for, like, if it was in, like, if, like, Chris Rock physically attacked Jada, then that's justified. But, but that wasn't the case. And for me, it opened up a wider discussion around comedy itself. So I saw a lot of people saying you shouldn't joke about people's appearances or their disabilities, which I absolutely agree with. But let's be real, Chris Rock is not the only person to do that. And he wasn't the only one who laughed as well. Like, if we want to have a discussion about, you know, the boundaries of comedy, then that's absolutely fine. But all the people saying that, I'm sure they've all laughed at somebody's appearance or disability before, because that's what comedy is. The comedy has essentially mutated into something that's got absolutely no boundaries. I mean, Ricky Gervais would have been even more brutal. If you saw him at the Golden Globes, he went in, absolutely went in and probably crossed so many lines. But, you know, nobody was calling for him to be slapped. I think Ricky Gervais should be slapped. I hate him too. So, I mean, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) But that's like a wide discussion on comedy. I think if Chris Rock had said it, like backstage, or unprovoked but you know comedians at these shows they always tell unfunny jokes trying to rip the piss out of celebrities like he was doing his job at the end of the day and whilst Jada doesn't have to laugh she's you know well done her right to be offended but yeah Will Smith's initial reaction was very weird to me because it looked like I might be wrong that he was initially laughing and then saw her reaction and then probably went into T-Pack mode <laughs> remember T-Pack T-Pack would fuck him up and then decided to go and do that <laughs> No, but actually, I think that's actually maybe an area where we agree. I think that he laughed at first and then he saw his wife's reaction and then saw her give the death the glare. And I think actually that's a very good thing for a man to be that reactive to a woman's death glare. I think that's an incredible amount of power that I really admire in a woman. If your death glare is enough to make a man go slap another man, I'm like, queen. Everyone keeps saying that, like, that death glare thing, but there's video that's come out and it looks like Jada was just chilling. That's why I'm feeling like people are just blaming her just to blame her. I'm not blaming her. I'm saying queen. I'm kind of like anti it's Jada's fault that Will snapped in that moment theory. Because once again, I feel like they're just blaming her because there's other video that came out of someone that was filming behind them. And it doesn't look like it looks like Jada laughed and then like kind of rolled her eyes. I think like the laugh was sort of a fake laugh, like a fake Kanye laugh and that (laughs) the psycho laugh. And the rumor has been that Will Smith has talked to Chris Rock about coming after his wife, especially after the Oscar So White campaign and the jokes there. And he's in more or less as a man, knowing how he moved with some of the other people in the industry, he was like, listen, leave my wife out of it. It's okay if you come after me. And then 
also given the fact that the Smiths and the Rocks have known each other for a very long time, that it's possible that the conversation was had before that. And then in that moment when Chris didn't respect that boundary, Will Smith snapped. That's what it looked like more so to me. Okay. It's definitely not Jada's fault. And I agree with like, bro, I'm seeing all these takes that, oh, she made him do it. You know, she manipulated him. And like, she's allowed to pull facial expression. That doesn't make her responsible for Will's actions. Personally, I don't think that Jada would have like wanted him to slap Chris Rock like that because... No. If we're talking about, you know, raising awareness for alopecia, which by the way, like is, you know, we could do a whole topic on the politics around black women's hair. As a woman and especially as a black woman, that would be absolutely devastating. But ultimately the conversation wasn't about alopecia or people suffering from it. It was about, oh my gosh, you know, you know, Chris Rock got rocked by Will. That was a conversation. And then, you know, Jada, you know, nobody asked if she was okay. Like nobody gave a shit about her. But somehow over time, especially now Will has resigned from the academy and issued an apology, people are now switching to blaming Jada for Will's actions. I'm not blaming Jada for Will's actions. I'm saying that in his mind... No, no, I'm not saying you're doing it. I'm just saying that's the general narrative now. It shifted. True. But what I'm saying, though, is that, like, Will Smith did it for himself, okay? So... He saw her reaction and he's probably like, oh shit, she's going to like, men do this all the time. Like my own boyfriend is like this. Sometimes he'll laugh at something that I don't find funny. And then he sees that I didn't laugh. And then he face immediately drops and he's like, oh, never mind. I didn't think it was funny kind of thing. Right. That's just what men be like. You know, they kind of like are very sensitive to women's facial expressions. I think that's a good thing. And so he did that basically to like feel like a man is what I think was going on in his mind. And then we can have a conversation around like, oh, you know, he, he did this to feel like a man. Like, should we define masculine? as being violent and so on and like I think not necessarily but that being said I do think that I don't know I think I do very much subscribe to the talk shit get hit moral philosophy which is that like I don't know I find like men especially men like Chris Rock where they make a lot of jokes against women the only thing like misogynistic men don't give a shit about women's feelings or you know if people are saying oh she should have stood up for herself or something you know that wouldn't have gone down for her very well either right so for a lot of misogynistic men the only thing keeping them in check is fear of consequences from other men and that's why I'm not totally against the slap and to go back to Savannah's earlier point about like why wasn't Will Smith arrested so the United States is one of the most carceral countries in the world, but uh, generally... You have to press charges? Well, no, you can't. The state can go ahead and press charges without the victim, but especially in California, because the jails are so full, a lot of shit slides unless people actually want to pursue a case. Yeah. So and part of that is because like it's so over-policed and the jails are so clogged. So a lot of people always talk about like lax laws in California or lax things on celebrities. And it's not that that's not true, but also California's laws and some respects have started to be really lax because of the fact that they were so carceral at one point that they basically overflowed the prisons and they don't have the bandwidth and capacity to police as heavily as they used to. Sorry, your prisons are full of people with minor drug charges. We can't imprison people for actual assault. It was minor drug charges and they used to have like the three strikes law, which is that if you committed three felonies, you went into jail for life. Like it used to be really, really carceral in California. So like they kind of reversed a lot of that stuff back, but because he's a celebrity, he definitely obviously gets privileges over other ones. But in general, that's just my cultural reference point between the UK and the United States is that yes, in, in most cases they can proceed without a victim's um, compliance, but it's just a matter of, do they want to do the paperwork? Is it worth it? And then also, are they likely to get a conviction? Same thing with cops. They're always like, <laughs> our legal system is great. Uh, our justice system is great. So the cops are always sort of weighing the options when it comes to minor 
incidents like that, which it is minor, right? He didn't hurt the guy. He's still standing. There's no like permanent damage. He slapped him. It's humiliating, but it wasn't like he hurt him any type of significant way. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Anna Luisa Jewelry. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Hey, Queens, Mother's Day is around the corner. Go to shop.analuisa.com forward slash female dating to get beautiful pieces of jewelry during their special Mother's Day sale at buy one, get one 40% off. And with their high quality jewelry at affordable prices, Anna Luisa's unique designs will make you or the wonderful women in your life feel special and shine like the stars you are even if it's a bit late for Mother's Day in the UK. If you would like to get your hands on some fantastic carbon-neutral jewellery, then please go over to shop.analouisa.com forward slash female dating. They release new jewellery collections every Friday, so there's always new designs. I love my temple green necklace. It's an elegant double gold chain with a malachite pendant. Make your mom's day by going to shop.analouisa.com forward slash female dating and treat her to new jewellery pieces with Anna Luisa's buy one, get one 40% off sale that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. That'll be one piece for her and one piece for you. The other point that I really did not like around this narrative was comparing Will Smith to a domestic abuser. Like a few, you know, feminists that I do actually really respect on Twitter were saying stuff like, oh, you know, if this is how he's like in public, imagine what he's like in private kind of thing. Like inviting people to assume that he's probably, that he potentially like abuses Jada behind closed doors. And I really did not like that. I think that... Domestic abuse and abuse is a pattern of degrading and coercive behaviors that's intended to, like, intimidate the victim into compliance. I did not get the impression that Will Smith was doing this to control or intimidate Jada. I saw this as just like a, you know, I feel emasculated. I want to go out there and feel like a man kind of thing, right? But I don't get the impression that it was, like, not all violence is abusive and not all abuse is even violent. Like a lot of abusers are, you know, rely on emotional abuse or financial abuse, financial control and so on. Right. So I don't think that's like a fair comparison. I don't know what you thought about that, Savannah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that, Lil, because I, I still think it's a personal beef between Chris and Will. Yeah. Like, in fact, I'm convinced of that. I think, obviously, the other things that have been going on in the media with Will Smith, people making fun of the entanglement and people asking them pretty inappropriate questions about their marriage and stuff. Like, there's a pretty, um, there was a viral video of Laverne Cox making an entanglement joke to them at a previous engagement on the red carpet. Did they get slapped? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. But but Will Smith has been holding it in for years, right? He's. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's been holding it. it could, so it could be a culmination of him drawing a boundary you know, because of a lot of people trying and testing the entire situation after they talked about it. But I also think it was a personal beef between Will Smith and Chris Rock. So I feel like everyone else who tried to jump in and create a narrative to somehow include themselves in it. Like, we're like, <laughs> yeah, go on your whole rant. We recorded this already for FPS, but please go on the whole rant about how everyone was making it about themselves because I love that rant. Uh, yeah. So it was frustrating because I was listening into a bunch of spaces and just like looking at what was happening on Twitter. And I feel like two things simultaneously happened where there was a bunch of people who, because they like to look like they're quote unquote right on Twitter, started condemning Will. Like, Rhea Shriver came out and said, violence is never the answer I'm like like what do you have to do with any of this yeah. shit like mm. like maria shriver and then uh judd apatow uh who wasn't at the academy awards like he could have killed him goes on twitter and is like he could have killed chris rock and starts talking about like this he has a history of violence and then saying that he was like unhinged 
Ashton murderous. And then like uh, Bette Midler comes in and starts dragging Will Smith. So there's like this entire, first of all, it's just like the Hollywood, like uh, old guard coming in and trying to really, really antagonize the entire situation and like publicly condemn and virtue signal Will Smith. It also just seems low-key kind of racist, but I don't know. That's not my place to decide. Yeah. So, okay, that was going to be my second point. Now, what happened because of that is... Because not that they shouldn't have been upset that he slapped someone, but it was like the language surrounding it started to feel very, uh, like on that line of feeling very, very racist to black Twitter. So black Twitter goes the fuck off. Right. And starts like talk. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I loved every minute of that. My favorite one was Jim Carrey condemning Will Smith. Like this was the worst moment at an award show ever kind of thing. And then someone quote retweeted that with a video of him forcibly kissing Alicia Silverstone at another awards show and being like, you sexually with the caption, you sexually assaulted Alicia Silverstone on stage. Yeah. So all the people that were criticizing Will Smith had all of their skeletons dragged out of the closet. Like Zoe Kravitz, for example, made some passive aggressive comments about it too. And people were calling her a predator because she was apparently hitting on Jaden Smith when he was like 14 which again gross weird yeah okay you're like 10 years older than him you're a grown woman he's a 14 year old boy and he wasn't even that hot when he was 14 so that's just fucking weird of you to be hitting on him when he's that young i don't know and then judd apatow also very famously kept hiring james franco is like a mass rapist or like serial rapist not even just that but apparently he assaulted busy phillips on set like actually fought her and she's talked about this in interviews on a set of one of his movies yeah so me reading like the white twitter celebrities talking about this it's like violence is never the answer when a black person uses it like that's kind of the like vibe that i kind of got so but again i'm like pro-violent so maybe that's just why like it, it went from just like i think it would have been fine if they just sort of condemned it but it went from like they're being like hysterical about it okay this is not a good idea to like will smith's a violent unhinged maniac right and i'm like no he's not right <laughs> like he's just like he's just a guy who had a moment and it feels like they didn't want to extend the grace to will smith that they would have for a white celebrity and also if his wife had been white and that's when like black twitter starts to come in and gets really really pissed off and offended and starts talking about like why is everybody offended when someone defends black women and then also uh, why are people trying to like come for will smith like they don't have all their own skeletons in their closet like this is very very disproportional mm to what actually happened Mm -hmm. so black twitter starts to get defensive because they're like we're not gonna let you cancel will smith he's been like fucking perfect for probably his entire career almost his entire career except for this one moment yeah right right when he got an oscar right 20 minutes before he won the greatest achievement in film he just has a really like you know a low point in his career and once again you know it could be a culmination of everything that's happened over the past you know year or so because of the entanglement thing it could be just personal beef with chris rock but so anyway so like black twitter reacts against that and then the other thing too that started to come out was all the other people started making it about themselves such that it started to antagonize black twitter even more so people were coming out like right-wing twitter was coming out and saying yeah well what if uh, will smith had been a white man and he slapped Chris Rock then they'd be calling this a hate crime and like making their two cents on it then you had like the trans community being like this is why words are violence and you guys don't take Dave Chappelle seriously enough and that you know this is why people consider words to be uh violent etc then you had the people that were talking about alopecia and then like talking about how alopecia doesn't get like is not a funny condition and people shouldn't make fun of it then you had people that were kind of on Lilith's side and that was a, a an interesting coalition <laughs> an interesting coalition <laughs> 
who were like men because it was like men and women who were like it's you should if you're a man and you're a man of honor you should defend your family and you shouldn't like tolerate anybody disrespecting your wife i want to talk about the concept of honor-based violence well let's get back to it you should defend your wife etc and so you had all these different factions kind of coming into these like individual circles and then you had the like this is a uh, indicative that he's a domestic violence abuser and a lot of that was coming from like white feminists and that's why like white feminists started to get dragged right like why are white women making this about themselves right <laughs> where it was like this is a beef between two guys right mm-hmm. and so it's been sort of interesting because I'm just not sure exactly why everyone feels the need to make a specific beef between these two guys about themselves. Like I kind of understand what happened with black Twitter where they got a little bit reactionary between all of the like stuff that was coming out of other parts of Twitter, especially the things that seemed like it was overly harsh. And then top of it, like them sort of ignoring their own skeletons in their closet. But I just don't get like why people aren't looking at this as like its own little thing rather than a large, a cultural problem and I, the only reason I can think of the reason people are doing it is because they're specifically black because I'm like if it'd been like Ricky Gervais and I don't know Robert Downey Jr. or something people would still be really really shocked but would they be making like would they just be like Robert Downey Jr. had a messed up moment and I hope him I hope he does well they'd probably be like oh he was probably on drugs oh his mental illness blah 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 kind of thing but they also it seems like they would have more sympathy <laughs> but also I think I mean let's be real it happened because like the reason why people I guess make it about themselves and extrapolating and comment to is because it happened at the Oscars if it happened backstage like nobody would really care it would have just been like perhaps a footnote in a gossip magazine but it happened on stage in you know the Oscars and you know context matters it's huge like and you don't see stuff like that people slapping comedians for making jokes you just don't so that's partly why I know I think it's definitely because it was at the Oscars that it became a thing but it's like like Lil said some of that seems like it was the perception of Jada like if it had been a person who they felt was like more worthy of respect or defending would they have understood it more if it was someone making fun of like Angelina Jolie getting like breast cancer or having like a double mastectomy or something and like say for example uh, alternate universe a white comedian makes fun like say Ricky Gervais makes fun of Angelina Jolie for getting like a double mastectomy and Brad Pitt goes up and slaps him like how would that reaction have gone down I feel like people would have been defending Brad Pitt in that situation or more likely to defend him in that situation Mm. Brad Pitt has gotten like up in people's face and slapped people if I'm not mistaken he actually did fight Harvey Weinstein like actually physically got in his face if not slapped him over Gwyneth Paltrow (laughs) nice king (laughs) I'm kidding but that wasn't on camera right oh true I wish there was a video of that Brad Pitt's known to get gully from time to time too right (laughs) like (laughs) So, yeah. But then again, that, you know, I guess that situation was, I think Gwyneth Paltrow said that Harvey Weinstein had sexually assaulted her or harassed her. That was like an actual physical threat as well. And it was off camera. I mean, if you believe the, the story that Chris Rock's been an incel pining after Jada Pinkett for probably two decades, then you could also see that being the case like bruh like just stop talking about my wife you creepy ass clown because he's always like talking about it right and i agree with that stance as well yeah that's my also my stance (laughs) yeah and the other thing too that was interesting is like a lot of people noted that like people went to check on will first (laughs) true (laughs) more so than chris rock the people did say that chris rock like people checked on him as well and he looked really really upset like my sister went to a one of his like shows recently actually not recently but he did a show recently and like when he came out they gave him like a standing ovation for like 10 minutes and he looked like but visibly like really emotional because the other side 
to this thing is like Chris Rock has been very very open about his experiences of being beaten up attacked like sexually assaulted by by bullies in school and even when he became a really big celebrity he was still getting jumped and beaten up as well so yeah there's just a lot of layers and ultimately like you know I guess I'm coming at this from an angle that the reason why like I guess okay to defend this is because like Will Smith is a celebrity if he, if he was an average Joe then he would probably be looking at like a criminal charge in a criminal case would become and would become a felon because ultimately Jada wasn't under any threats like she wasn't under any physical threat and you can go around slapping people for saying words but that will land you in prison eventually so I guess that's the angle I was coming at it from is that I mean celebrity double standards exist for a reason but like when the average person was saying yeah I'd love it if my partner did that as I really wouldn't because I'm not dating a prisoner so if you did that and went to prison you were on your own <laughs> period that's the thing i would want a man to defend my honor i don't think he should have handled it that way because yes i agree with savannah we're like he should have handled it some other way that wouldn't have made him a felon in any other circumstance but ultimately what i'm saying though is that the reason why he can do that is because he's will smith like it doesn't apply to the rest like to most people like it's not like if you got up on stage and slapped somebody it's not that you'll be able to sit back down and then the academy gave him a weak ass bullshit you know thing saying we asked him to leave and he refused do you not have security like if that was anyone else it's bullshit even that's debatable because the rumor was like they said that to cover their ass because people are like why did you kick him out <laughs> it's bullshit because and also they've got security like if say a random person jumped the stage they would get security to throw them out like you know you've got the biggest hollywood stars in the world in one room and you and you can't forcibly remove somebody like who's been violent yeah but imagine calling security on will smith and how bad those optics would be Right before he was going to win an win an Oscar, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, but it's just like, but like, why say it then if it was going to be bad optics? They said we asked him to leave and he didn't. They didn't ask him to leave. Like they're just saying that. Yeah, they were just. But that's what I'm saying. And it seemed like the institution came down on Will Smith so hard, and everyone's like, he's a maniac. He should have been arrested right away. And I'm sure that in the confusion of the moment, because remember, people thought it was a joke, even in the live broadcast. The gravity of it probably didn't hit people for a while, right? Yeah, that's actually the other thing is when I saw the video first. I thought it was staged. I thought this was like, a, oh, the Oscars, they have low ratings for the past few years. So, oh, let's have a, some slapstick comedy, you know, have Will Smith go up and slap Chris Rock kind of thing, right? And then I was like, okay, but if this actually happened for real, that would be hot as fuck. I would love it if my man did that for me. Savannah, I want to respond to your sort of the class-based analysis, actually, because I agree with that. Yeah, two multi-millionaires slapping each other on stage or one slapping the other on stage. You know, if you're extremely wealthy, and even if he was charged, he has the money to afford like the best lawyers, probably would get off even if there were charges pressed and honestly it depends though like, and he can afford to sell as well like he can just give chris rock if he wanted to 20 million dollars and go away yeah and so a poor person would not be able to get away with that but also i'm saying like honestly in most jurisdictions they're not arresting a guy over a slap yeah true it's probably technically illegal but if like honestly if cops wasted their time on that the prisons would be clogged so like while i'm saying that he shouldn't have done that and if a cop was a particularly hard ass he definitely could have pressed charges right but i'm just saying i doubt in most places it would have risen to the level of that person doing prison time unless the cop had a vendetta or the person had a vendetta and they really wanted charges pressed 
but but also I don't think you have to actually I mean it can be a suspended sentence but then that's still a criminal record as well man the, the cops in Canada especially in like rural areas are so bad when it comes to this like I know some people where they'd call the cops because someone was like on their property trying to rob them and stuff and then the cops came and then they were like ma'am have you been drinking and then threatening to arrest her for drinking on her own fucking property like <laughs> like right like that, that kind of stuff right so the the cops cat are so fucking shit about that they have the most stupid priorities on earth like you know a woman could be literally raped and they're like lazy it's just straight up they don't want to do the paperwork and shit there's a person who actually had their car broken into and had like much worse crimes happen to them and had the police basically shrug they're not going to give a fuck about a slap like for the most of the time <laughs> i mean but the difference is i mean i guess it's a false recordance in a way because the slap was recorded but you know let's just say that the situation you know it was at a party and it was recorded then yes i mean but if it wasn't it would just be he said she said but if they have evidence to prosecute they can and they will even if it was recorded i'm telling well, i don't know i don't know how it is in the uk i feel like everyone has much more belief in their police and their ability and a desire to prosecute crimes <laughs> in, like, the UK, it's like even if it was recorded and you have evidence they're gonna be like they're basically gonna try to mediate the situation and be like all right go home and then like leave it alone like they're not gonna arrest somebody over it. like if there's no damage they'll ask you do you want to go to the hospital they'll ask you like oh is there any damage and if there's nothing like that they're gonna be like okay and then leave like <laughs> i mean but the thing is i was told this by police officers and the reason why they do this in the uk is because recently the police has come under a lot of scrutiny so you know let's say this happened between two normal people and the situation escalated the first thing people will say is why didn't the police do anything after the first slap so that's the reason why they said they would you know look to arrest because if the situation then gets worse people will then look at them and say why didn't you do anything Okay, I have, a, I have a funny story for you. I want to, that's related to what you just said, Savannah. I don't want to dox myself, so I'm going to try to not say too many details of this story. But basically, my family has been feuding with another family in this small farming town going back like generations. Like this feud goes back to my grandparents' time. Okay, so you're like the Hatfields and McCoys? Uh, like, not really, but basically. <laughs> Kind of, but basically <laughs> it goes back like decades and every time they called the police or tried to, and th the reason why people have to use their own like sort of like vigilante justice and maybe this explains why my morals are the way that they are is because of how <laughs> fucking useless the police are like in a recent incident the the neighbors so, so these are two farming families they have like uh, they share a border um so they're like right next to each other and so the neighbors of my relatives there's security footage of them going onto the farm and stealing a bunch of their shit, like literally showing up with a forklift, lifting a shed off of the ground and then leaving with it. The shed was on their property. And then my relatives called the police. They had the security footage of them stealing a whole fucking shed with all the equipment in it and everything. And the shed was still currently on their land. They have the receipts for that. The fact that they own the equipment in there and the police still didn't do anything. They were like, this is a civil matter. You can sue each other. And they were like, but this is literal theft. We have a video of this happening. They came onto our property. They stole a bunch of our shit. The police were like, this is a civil matter. You know, you can sue them in court kind of thing. And so that's kind of like where it is, right? And so... Legally incorrect, but yeah. 
<laughs> Less work for them, though. So always just remember that. Like, they're going to take the path of least resistance. <laughs> Not even least resistance, just the least work, right? The police are, understand the police are fundamentally fucking lazy, okay? And they'll be like, oh, this is for you to sort out with each other. But the thing is, the courts are also, in that area, the courts are also sort of, like, biased a little bit against my family. Because, again, there's, like, one judge. And, like, they all fucking know each other, right? So... I won't say what happened, but let's just say my family had to take matters into their own hands. <laughs> Another case, here's actually what started the whole feud. Well, and to be fair, a lot of people in the comments were talking about, because it's very similar in the South, right? Like in the United States, in places that are more rural, that having to, one, that's why they have such a large uh, gun culture, but also like not necessarily being able to rely on the justice system or the police when it comes to petty crimes, because they just don't have the bandwidth or desire. My relatives made a whole folder with like, you know, and they, brought like an SD card with like the security footage, everything. They had like receipts, everything to prove that this would be a slam dunk case if they decided to prosecute. And they just fucking didn't. They just didn't want to, right? And so, again, maybe this is why my morality is, why this I'm pro-vigilante justice is because as much as we say, oh, you know, private citizens shouldn't take matters in their own hands. We live in a country with the rule of law. Let the courts decide it. Like, ultimately, if the police choose not to do their job, I, that's why I think that, yeah, sometimes it is not only morally acceptable, but actually necessary for private citizens to take matters into their own hands. And so, yeah, I don't know how that, that doesn't really have anything to do with the Chris Rock situation. I just wanted to say that that's why I'm pro-violence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good story. I mean, it's essentially, essentially kind of what I'm saying is that people overblowing that slap as if it's like, first of all, akin to murder or like that it's indicative that Will some is some violent maniac or that Will should be prosecuted and put in jail for it are kind of delusional to me. I feel like that was way, way, way overblown for one, what happened. And yes, granted, people had to see it, but everyone acting like they were personally... Like, you have to be a white person living in a city to think that that deserves prosecution, okay? Like, that... Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's... You have to be really out of touch. <laughs> really out of touch, privileged... Uh, carceral type Hollywood white people <laughs> like coming down on Will Smith as if this is the most insane violent thing they've ever seen. And maybe it is for them, right? Maybe that is the worst thing that's happened for them. Like, yeah. But it's not. There've been like, there've been more horrific people like Roman Polanski at the Oscars. Oh my God. That's the other thing is like, the hypocrisy of that Literal is fucking rapists deafening. and pedophiles in the ranks of the Academy that are celebrated and they're choosing to come down on Will Smith for a, in my opinion, very justified slap. Come on. Like, <laughs> I mean, I still don't agree with what Will Smith said, but to be honest, I, like I said at the beginning of the episode, everything I've heard about Will Smith and Jada's relationship has been against my will. And quite frankly, <laughs> I think it sounds like an awful relationship to be in. I don't rate them at all. And I'd just rather not just hear about it all the time even her alopecia i didn't actually know she had it um and she rocks the bold look really really well and 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 that's definitely perhaps a future episode about around the politics of black women's hair because i can definitely see why especially black women felt the slap was justified um but that's a whole other episode but yeah will smith and jade as a couple i just can't bring myself to care about them personally yeah that's true i think their relationship is kind of weird but it's not really my place to judge but it seems very very dysfunctional ultimately i think i'm just not here for that so i think it was 
was fine. And then she started talking about their difficulties. And then, you know how sometimes when like just Twitter or people get a hold of a narrative, they start to create like an, a toxic environment. It's obviously, I think the open relationship and them almost getting divorced was part of it. But at the same time, it seems like when they were talking about these things, they were talking about them in the past tense that they had somehow like worked out an agreement and they seem more or less cool with each other. Right. And clearly he still loves his wife enough to be slapping people over it. Right. And I think that's cute. (laughs) To me, I feel like the narrative has just gotten out of control and the narrative got out of hand. And part of it is because of uh, people. Part of it, I think, is because of sexism and people just not liking Jada and not liking the fact that she exercised her right to be with someone else in a relationship that was essentially over them like trying to make her into this like succubus etc trying to cuck will repeatedly because of him not being someone like tupac so a lot of this has to do with like i think sexist politics while their relationship and the dynamics of it have like become so contentious with everybody because again i feel like yeah like you said at the beginning of the episode Lilith, like men cheat all the time people seem to be ignoring the fact that will smith also had girlfriends and also was like really publicly slobbering all over some of his co-stars on the red carpet to the point where i do remember remember tabloid media even asking like jada if she was cool with it and she was just like yeah they're just friends or something like that but like you know there's sexism revolving around that and then you put in something as public as that slap in a public venue at a really uptight you know formal ceremony posh yeah Mm-hmm. And then you add racial politics into it. And then you add like the weird Hollywood posturing to be on the morally correct side. And now you have this big ass mess where everyone's trying to pull their own take from it, make themselves into the victim, overblow everything that happened. And you can see the divide both racially, but now also class, like you said, Lilith, because of the fact that I feel like people who live in places where that probably wouldn't even, that like they wouldn't even call the cops over that. So when people are like, he should have been snatched off the stage and immediately, put in prison yeah no yeah way worse shit happens in rural areas and then other people being sensitive to the optics of putting a black man in handcuffs at the oscars right like that's also the optics of that like there's so many places of that so you're seeing like a class divide a race divide and then a gender divide right the people that are like will smith's a cuck and his if i you i couldn't let my wife sleep with somebody else and be with them and that's also like red pill twitter you know whatever twisting the knife and trying to make uh this situation worse so i don't know i I guess i can kind of see how the splits have come down because it's hit all of the like cultural touch points between race class and sex but Mm. the question is then like isn't just like these people right relationship and like why is everyone making it once again about themselves so i don't know yeah just to wrap up can i just have a couple of minutes to talk about honor-based violence (laughs) sure (laughs) because i've been dying to talk about that okay so okay one of the responses criticizing me on twitter was like I said, like, oh, I think it would be so hot if my man defended my honor like that. And then a bunch of comments were saying, like, oh, so you think that honor-based violence is okay? Like, this is the same logic as, you know, men who throw acid in women's faces because she dishonored him or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, no, it's not the same. The problem with honor-based violence under patriarchy, in my opinion, uh, is the fact that men will do violence against women because women do something that he sees as an affront on his honor, right? And so... I think that a man fighting another man because the other man dishonored his woman is 
less is not as bad. It's a totally different moral thing to me. I think that like, I only really have a problem with male violence against women, like male on male violence. I'm kind of like, meh, unless it's like a child or a disabled person or something like that. Obviously that's not okay. That's abuse. But like this sort of like schism on Radfem Twitter where like normal Radfems think we must eradicate male violence. And then there's the black pillars who think that male violence is like biological, impossible to overcome, and that male violence can never be eradicated, and that the only solution is for women to separate from men. I sort of agree with both stances in a weird way, where I think that I do think that men are biologically more violent than women. That's just true in like all species. The females are capable of violence as well, but because of testosterone and so on, like males are more violent than females in basically every species on earth. So I think it's a little bit unrealistic to eradicate male violence in humans. And they're more likely to be aggressors, right? They're more likely to be aggressors, exactly. Like, female animals will, like, will use violence to defend their offspring, especially, like, I saw, you know, a chicken, like, kill and eat a snake because it was attacking her chicks. I've seen female horses, for example, stomp on coyotes because they were affecting their, or the coyote or whatever was, like, threatening her babies. So, yeah, male animals are much more likely to be aggressors towards both females and males of their own species and other species. And so that's why I think that it's a little bit unrealistic to totally eradicate eradicate male violence. I think we need to redirect male violence in a more pro-female way. So I think that, for example, rapists, pedophiles, abusers, and by the way, we're not talking about Chris Rock anymore. That's like that topic of conversation is long gone. I'm just saying that like the solution to male violence is more male violence, but we need to direct the male violence towards violent men or men who are violent towards women, right? I see this all the time, like men being like, oh, men can't be men anymore. Oh, we have to like suppress our like natural violent tendencies and like we need to be able to kill other men for our mental health kind of thing and i'm like okay here's my solution to this is that pedophiles rapists men who kill women men who kill children all of those like really shitty guys who are destructive to society those are morally justifiable targets of male violence in my opinion you even see this like when for example a man like kills a pedophile that like molested his kid or whatever right you know he's celebrated as like a hero oh free him he doesn't deserve to go to jail that kind of stuff whereas when a woman kills a man who raped her it's seen as like oh she's horrible like she just you know she's lying like she's seen as this like evil like succubus type person right although that's really unfair and that's based in misogyny i still think that like men are valuable like expendable soldiers in the fight against male violence basically i think that like if if we let men kill pedophiles and say like oh you can be a hero if you kill pedophiles if you kill rapists and stuff i think men would go for that yeah it's like redirecting male violence and then a lot of women feel like men protecting them is a privilege and that's kind of the conversation that was happening on black twitter too that like black women haven't historically been able to enjoy chivalry right or the idea of chivalry that a man would stand up for them against other aggressors because of the legacy of slavery so there's some people that would agree with you i mean i think it's tough because like the question is like if you start to allow male violence how do you keep women in control of that situation and keep them listening to us i think by social praise and social condemnation is very powerful there's even literal abusers for example like men who actually physically beat their wives, they do that behind closed doors because they know that it's not socially acceptable. And they, they'll try to hide it. You know, if a woman shows up to work with a black eye, she'll be like, oh, I fell down the stairs or something like that, right? So we already live in a cultural context where men hitting women isn't socially acceptable. But then, you know, there's like... I mean, that's in the West. In other cultures, like African cultures, that's definitely absolutely not the case. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, there are certain cultures where, oh, if a woman is, like, disobedient to her man, that's, again, relating it back to, like, honor-based killing 
going. This is where I feel like I get the, like now you've explained it more because I initially disagreed on Twitter. I get where you're coming from, but this could actually make things a whole lot worse for women in societies where it's acceptable to abuse your wife. And there are many, many of them. Openly abuse your wife. So that's going to be much more difficult because again, the social context is different. So that's a much more uphill battle. Whereas I think like in the West, for example, where male violence against women is more or less socially condemned. There's a lot of like violent, like rape myths, like, oh, you know, if she deserved it, then she deserves violence, that kind of stuff. Even in the West, there is that the case, but there are certain male violence perpetrators where it is pretty black and white, like, full-on, like, rapists, pedophiles, men who kill women, that kind of stuff. But even in other cultures, like, if a woman is raped in certain part of the world, like, you know, she gets stoned to death. It's going to be more difficult to shift in these cultures, but I think that that's what needs to happen, is we need to change the social norms around male violence. Instead of trying to eradicate or suppress male violence, we need to change the social norms around when it is acceptable to use, and I think that we need to pull an Uno reverse card on rapists, basically. That's my stance. Yeah, perhaps this could be, like, a topic for a different um, episode because I think it's a really interesting proposal but it's just how can we make it so that it doesn't end up worse for women because like my argument was is that the law of male violence or like my law of male violence so that it tends to go to the weakest person and if a man can't take out his aggression on other men for whatever reason you know women will end up being collateral damage and we see this in things like the slave you know when the black slaves when the black male slaves were abused sexually abused and physically abused by the slave masters you know those slaves and went and abused black women so black women actually getting it on two fronts both from the white slave masters and the black slaves as well because black men didn't have an outlet to let out their aggression or i don't know perhaps it could work in like the west i'd be interested to see how that works but in other countries around the world i don't know i'm not sure i mean that's tough because it's in the context of slavery right whereas like again that's what i mean about we need to change the social norms around when violence is acceptable because like when haiti had their whole independence movement didn't they go out and like kill a bunch of slave masters that's an acceptable form of male violence to me okay like basically i think we need to change the social norms such that using violence like a man using violence against a man who was a shitty person who deserves it or using violence against your oppressors because i also subscribe to the liberation comes from the barrel of a gun moral philosophy like we need to change the norms such that punching down is seen as repugnant and the only acceptable forms of violence is punching up you know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. It's just how we do that without women becoming collateral damage. That's the question that I have, because I'm not convinced that even if we do do that, that women still won't be caught up, you know, in it somehow, because women just don't have, you know, like as of yet the social power or capital to enforce consequences for men who continue to punch down, because a lot of men will continue to punch down. Like, And I think they deserve harsh social punishment. Like men who punch down like that, I basically want to get to a point where men like Brock Turner, for example, or men who are violent to women, I want them to be begging for a longer jail sentence because they know that what's waiting for them when they get out is much more terrifying than what's (laughs) in actual prison. I'm not kidding. It's more about the psychological impact on the male population. You know how like there used to be all these fairy tales about like Baba Yaga or even like my namesake Lilith is like a demon who would go out and like kill men who had boners at night or some shit, right? Like, so we used to have all these, you know, myths around, you know, people doing shitty moral things and then getting eaten by a demon or something like that i think we need to perpetuate like almost like a sort of mythology around like if you as a man go out and hit a woman or kill a woman or do shitty things to women uh you deserve to get snatched up by a demon or a vigilante group of female assassins but yeah it's more about like a deterrent like i want men who are violent to women to fear 
severe consequences. And women, you know, we're a lot less violent than men. I don't think women are incapable of violence. It's just that the consequences for us are much higher. And that's why I think men should be the ones to take the fall. Because men who kill rapists, men who kill pedophiles and so on, they're celebrated as heroes. Women who do the same thing are harshly punished. And I think that women shouldn't have to face those kinds of consequences. I would much rather men either face those consequences or take that kind of risk. But again, like reputational damage, women have much more power to enforce social consequences, particularly in the West, by like, you know, social exclusion, reputational damage, joining forces with other women to, you know, get men fired, that kind of stuff, right? So I think that actually we're the social and political and like the current cultural conditions, I feel are very favorable to this sort of social and moral shift. But we'll have to wait and see. Sorry, this is long, long tangent, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a good discussion. So I don't know, let us know what you guys think on this episode about the two positions that Savannah and Lilith have presented about when and where to use male violence to defend women and like the merits of that. And if you have any comments on any other splits in the this particular topic along the lines of sex, race, and class, because I also think that's what's influencing everyone's perception and why, why this has probably become really weirdly contentious <laughs> between a bunch of groups that maybe it shouldn't be. So that's our show. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, as well as our website. We've been making changes on the website. I hope you guys noticed. It's looking kind of cool now. So at the female dating strategy, com and you can follow us on twitter at femdatstrat and on our instagram at underscore the female dating strategy thanks for listening queens and for all you scrotes out there watch your back talk <laughs> shit get hit yeah watch your fucking back die mad see you next week